Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to our podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome, welcome. If you are a returning vis- visitor, welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about donkeys. I know how exciting, huh? Don't worry, you like it. You like this topic. Now our title is going to be "Clever as a Donkey, Stubborn as a Mule." Before I go into the details, I'm going to tell you real quick a story.、Um, the first time I saw a donkey up close and personal was in Jordan. I was on my way to see the remnants of a ruined medieval church that was set upon a on a hill、um, slash mountain. And as I was walking the trail that led up the hill, there was this donkey that was tied to a tree by the trail. But just as we were walking past the donkey, it began braying so loud and aggressively at me, and I could have sworn that this donkey was actually trying to tell me something. At first, you know, like anybody else, I was kind of scared of the donkey. I was kind of wondering why was it braying so loud and aggressively at me. You know, this donkey was loud and conversational, like a woman at you know the local market who just had to gossip about everyone and anyone. I couldn't but wonder what the hell he was saying. I thought, you know, perhaps it's hungry, you know, or maybe it's just angry at me. And I just continued walking. But a few seconds later, and I realized that he was indeed trying to tell me something. There was a giant sinkhole on the trail that led up the mountain, and the road was so narrow that you could have easily fall, fallen in. Like I could have easily fallen into that trail. So I looked back at the donkey and I wondered, is this what you were tr- meant? Like, is this what you were trying to tell me? You know, were you trying to tell me there was a giant sinkhole in,、uh, ahead of me? But he had become so quiet that I suddenly felt a strong urge to just just turn around and just go back the way that I came. Well, we decided not to go up the mountain to see the church, and we ended up going to other places to see other ruins. But I and I have since seen other donkeys after this one particular donkey, but they've all been very quiet donkeys. Now, why are we talking about donkeys today? A week ago, I actually saw a donkey in my dream, and this one—this one was actually a quiet but a very peculiar donkey. In my dream, she stood by a crib. The crib was on the floor, and she was waiting for someone to come. When the person came, she lay next to the person, she comforted the person, and then she just watched the person. And as I walked away from watching them, I got the feeling—you know, like a knowing within you—that this donkey was actually me. And I ended up waking up from this dream, thinking, "Why did the donkey have to be me?" You know. But then the phrase "stubborn as a mule" came to my mind. You know, I, I couldn't really tell the difference between a mule and a donkey. You know,、uh, if this animal in my dream was actually a donkey or a mule. But the phrase "stubborn as a mule" made sense to me. You know, like I can be stubborn when I set my mind to do something, but the same thing goes for my husband. So why did this donkey or mule have to be me? I started to think through scripture, and the first scripture that came through、uh, came to my mind was actually Isaiah chapter one verse three, and it reads that an ox has known its owner, and a donkey the crib of its master. Israel has not known. My people have not understood. Now you see how this particular scripture came to my mind first, because first the donkey knows the crib of its master. You understand that? You see why this scripture was the first to pop up for me? Now, no sooner had I started to muse around this question 
of why the donkey had to be me that I started to observe everything that had a donkey in it. I mean, there were hypothetical donkeys everywhere. But the one donkey that stood out in all the donkeys was the Lord's donkey. And you're going to say, what do you mean by the Lord's donkey? I'm actually referring to Matthew 21 from verse 1 to 6. And we're going to read it real quick, okay? <coughs> from verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the villages ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey this is Zechariah chapter 9 from verse 9 the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them so that's the end that's that was Matthew uh, 21 verse 6 but if you think through this I remember that growing up I was led to believe that donkeys were very stupid animals if you've ever heard the phrase stupid donkey, stupid as an ass or jackass, which is the very popular one, right? We always think of the donkey as a lowly and servile animal, only suitable for bearing burden. But in the space of one week, I've actually come to see the donkey with very new set of eyes. So let me go ahead and introduce you to Mr. Donkey, the original OG, clever, compassionate, and the ultimate burden bearer. Like I said, we often think of the, the uh, donkey as a lowly and servile animals, but we tend to think of horses as royal and princely. And the church even interprets Jesus' mountain of the donkey and its young as a sign of his humble and gentle personality. However, the donkey is actually featured throughout the Old Testament. From Balaam, who struck his donkey for heeding the presence of an angel, and we know, all know that story how that the donkey talked back to Balaam and asked him, you know, why are you striking me? To Abraham, who ladled his donkey with the wood that was needed to sacrifice his son Isaac, and even to Joseph's brothers and their donkeys. One key thing you have to realize is that donkeys are very uh, are native to that region, to that area of the Middle East, the Palestinian region, uh, Beth Page, Bethlehem, that whole area is the native land of donkeys so that's one key thing to, to realize that's why you see that it's featured a huge deal in the old testament now one other funny key thing to note is that the lord says to the kings that you are not to multiply horses to yourselves but he never said anything about multiplying donkeys we're going to see this instruction from the lord in deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 16 where he says only he must not acquire many donk horses for himself or cause the people to return to Egypt in order to acquire many horses. Since the Lord has said to you, you shall never return that way again. So now <coughs> donkeys have been known to be very playful and gentle animals, right? If you look up any research, um, you're going to see one of the key facts or the key um, traits of a donkey is how they are gentle animals who form faithful bonds and express an eagerness to learn. I've learned that they are exceptionally intelligent, uh, 
they have phenomenal memory, they can recall complex routes and recognize animals they haven't seen for years. And also they have a logical and flexible approach to problem solving. Now, discovering all of these traits about the donkey is actually one, you know, something that was a shocker to me. I hadn't realized that the donkey was actually one of the smartest animals. I mean, typical of the world to actually label a smart animal stupid, right? Now, we've all heard the phrase stubborn as a mule. And if I asked what that meant to you, you'd probably say it's because you can't make a mule do anything it doesn't want to do. But this trait actually comes from instinctual intelligence and not really stubbornness. The mule gets its strength from the horse and its intelligence from the donkey. While the horse can be forced to work itself to death, the mule's intelligence streak tells it to stop working because something is not quite right. This is instinctual self-preservation. This kind of instinctual self-preservation, this kind of instinctual intelligence reminds me of what Jesus, his words uh, says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, where he says, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You know, I think of the intelligence of both animals, you know, the serpent and the donkey, and I can't help but wonder why we have to be as wise as serpents. I mean, the donkey is both wise and gentle, but then I realize we haven't been asked to bear the wolf's burden. We've been invited to carry his burden. So if you read that same passage where Jesus is actually talking about, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves, right? Be ye therefore wise as serpents. He's letting you know that as I send you out there, don't be quick to bear the burdens of the wolves. You know, you got to act as cunningly or as intelligently as a serpent would to survive and make way for yourself and escape those who will try to crucify you, kill you, persecute you, right? But be gentle as a dove who causes no one harm. So donkey in this instance wouldn't really play because the donkey's main uh intelligence isn't so much about first self-preservation itself it's it's always about bearing the burden of his master but then it's gentle enough to preserve itself by saying you know this is the point where i can go all right so now let's look at uh matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30 and then this will come home after we read this um, it reads, come to me, all you, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in, in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In this passage, we see him telling us, first of all, come to me, those who are weary and those who are burdened. If you think about the donkey as a burden bearer, you know, come to me. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Give me yours and I'll give you mine. My yoke is easy. You will learn from me. Right? My burden is light. So he's he's asking you to trade your burden for his because his burdens are light and they are simple. Now suddenly I understand the need to be the Lord's donkey. Even Jacob spoke prophetically of the Messiah when he said in Genesis chapter 49 verse 10 through 11. And we're going to read it real quick before we close here. 
The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. He ties his donkey to a vine, and the colt of his donkey to the choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. So look at this. He's telling you prophetically how the Lord is the one who ties his donkey to a vine. Remember what his word says. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He's literally tying us to himself. And he's giving us a burden that is light. A burden that the world will give you burdens that are so heavy. But his burden is light. He's asking you to bring your burden to him. And take his own burden upon you. Because he's our light. But the world will give you burdens that are heavy. And you will be tired. I hope you've enjoyed today's story. Um, I hope you leave today with something, something, uh, something valuable. I know we've been talking about donkeys, but think about it for a second. Think about being a donkey, a clever donkey. Think about being a, a stubborn mule as well. But think most of all about bearing the Lord's burden. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll talk to you later. See you again. Bye.